Greetings, you're listening to podcast number 127 of Blast the Right. I'm your host, Jack Clark. Great to have you on board. Today, you'll hear a torrent of new evidence that's just come out which further details the Bush administration's torture regime. You'll learn about the self-styled War Council, use of Chinese torture techniques, vehement protests by the military's own lawyers, hiding the abuse from the Red Cross, and recent medical findings of marks of torture on detainees' bodies. In a concluding quick blast, you'll hear Dick Morris serially lie about Democratic tax plans and learn how to respond to any right-winger spouting similar nonsense. Let's get right into it. I've said to people, we don't torture, and we don't. Originally, I intended to use today's show to update several past podcasts. One of the updates was to be on right-wing pro-torture policies. There was a new story on that. But then there was another new story the next day, and one the following day, and pretty soon I had five such new developments at hand. So, I'll spend the bulk of today on five torture updates. While you probably already believe that the Bush administration tortures prisoners, the more details that come out, the more impossible it is for the Bushians to deny that they explicitly authorized and oversaw a program of torturing detainees. Sources you'll hear include McClatchy Newspapers, The Boston Globe, The New York Times, MSNBC.com, The Associated Press, The Washington Post, and CBS News. The first update would concern the so-called War Council. Apparently, there were five Bush administration lawyers who were the driving force behind the attempt to legally justify torture. They, quote, drafted legal opinions that circumvented the military's code of justice, the federal court system, and America's international treaties in order to prevent anyone, from soldiers on the ground to the president, from being held accountable for activities that at other times have been considered war crimes, close quote. These five attorneys called themselves the War Council. They conducted secret meetings every few weeks in each other's offices to plot legal strategy. The War Council? Do you remember a few podcasts ago you heard how Cheney, Rumsfeld, Rice, and others repeatedly met in the White House to discuss which specific torture techniques to use on which prisoner? I said if it were a movie script, no one would believe it. Well, this War Council name invokes the same feeling in me. Does it strike you as odd, pathetic, and laughable as it does me? Where are Superman and Batman to get the bad guys? Or better, the Justice League of America, the organization of superheroes? Did War Council members set up phone booths so they could change into superhero costumes before having their draft or pro-torture memo meetings? It's like little boys with their treehouse club rooms. Our offices of War Council members festooned with knickknacks and little models in the form of guillotines and torture racks and waterboards. But really, this isn't funny. One of the members of the War Council was John Yu, who publicly stated that he couldn't rule out authorizing the crushing of a child's testicles in order to force the child's parents to talk. If the president deems that he's got to torture somebody, 
including by crushing the testicles of the person's child, there is no law that can stop that. No treaty. No, and also no law by Congress. That's what you wrote in the August 2002 memo. I think it depends on why the president thinks he needs to do that. Former Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez was another member of this august club. So was David Addington, who's presently chief of staff to Dick Cheney. Enough of the War Council, the who behind the creation of an attempted legal cover for torture. On to another stunning revelation concerning the origins of the torture techniques the War Council was trying to legally justify. In prior podcasts, you learn how the Bush administration torturers studied and adopted Soviet Union interrogation techniques. Check out Podcast 98, for example. Apparently, the right-wing affinity for adopting communist torture methods didn't stop there. As reported in the New York Times, quote, The military trainers who came to Guantanamo Bay in December 2002 based an entire interrogation class on a chart showing the effects of coercive management techniques for possible use on prisoners, including sleep deprivation, prolonged constraint, and exposure. Their chart had been copied verbatim from a 1957 Air Force study of Chinese communist techniques used during the Korean War to obtain confessions, many of them false, from American prisoners. Close quote. The Times dryly notes that the only change made in the chart presented at Guantanamo was to drop its original title, Communist Coercive Methods for Eliciting Individual Compliance, close quote. Yeah, I guess that might have given the U.S. personnel taking the class some pause. Democratic Senator Carl Levin of Michigan is chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. He conducted the hearing where this revelation was made. He makes a critical point, quote, What makes this document doubly stunning is that these were techniques to get false confessions. People say we need intelligence, and we do, but we don't need false intelligence, close quote. Why not? False intelligence is exactly what the Bush administration loves, to gin up war. Why don't you ask your friendly local right-winger, which torture methods they're partial to, evil empire Soviet or red Chinese? Or do they prefer America use a combination of the two? Next up, it's military attorneys who raise vehement protests against the Bush administration's torture program. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again to kind of catapult the propaganda. Catapult to propaganda. Catapult to propaganda. Chief Inspector Charles Golfer has now issued a comprehensive report that confirms the earlier conclusion of David Kay that Iraq did not have the weapons that our intelligence believed were there. Um, it turned out that not found any stockpiles. I think it's unlikely that we will find any stockpiles. I don't know anybody in any government. Did the Bushians establish a legal edifice for torture and teach Chinese torture techniques without anyone with a brain and a conscience noticing and protesting? 
The Judge Advocate General's Corps is charged with enforcing the Uniform Military Code of Justice, which establishes rules of war and forbids torture. Well, these JAG attorneys, quote, warned the Pentagon that methods it was using post-9-11 violated military, U.S., and international law. Those objections were overruled, close quote. As McClatchy newspapers put it, quote, when they protested, the War Council shut them out, close quote. Our friends, the War Council, quote, we were absolutely marginalized, said Donald J. Guter, a rear admiral who served as the Navy's Judge Advocate General from 2000 to 2002, close quote. Some JAG leaders were, however, able to speak bluntly to War Council members. Here's Thomas Romig, who served from 2001 to 2005 as the Army's Judge Advocate General. Quote, John Yu wanted to use military commissions in the manner they were used in the Indian Wars. I looked at him and said, you know, that was a hundred and something years ago. You're out of your mind. We're talking about the law. Close quote. The law? What's that? Have you ever seen a right-winger meet a law they weren't all too happy to violate? Here's quite the prescient military official, Mark Fallon, a higher-up in the Defense Department's Criminal Investigation Task Force. He, quote, warned in an October 2002 email to Pentagon colleagues that the techniques under discussion would shock the conscience of any legal body that might review how the interrogations were conducted. This looks like the kind of stuff congressional hearings are made of, Fallon wrote. He added, someone needs to be considering how history will look back at this, close quote. What a powerful movie scene. Too bad it's the real right-wing nightmare. And these right-wingers knew what they were doing wouldn't be looked kindly on by the rest of the world. The next revelation concerns the Red Cross. The International Committee of the Red Cross, the ICRC, is responsible for monitoring whether Geneva Convention rules on the treatment of military prisoners are being followed. So the right wing made strenuous efforts to prevent the Red Cross from finding out what they were up to. They concealed the harsh treatment. Listen to these quotes from the minutes of an October 2002 meeting at Gitmo. This is Lieutenant Colonel Diane Beaver, the top military lawyer at Gitmo, quote, we may need to curb the harsher operations while ICRC is around. It's better not to expose them to any controversial techniques. Close quote. She also said regarding such methods as sleep deprivation, Officially, it's not happening. It's not being reported officially. The ICRC is a serious concern. They'll be in and out scrutinizing our operations unless they are displeased and decide to protest and leave. This would draw a lot of negative attention. Close quote. The Bushians also hid the location of detainees. Here's another person at that meeting, Jonathan Fredman, chief counsel of the CIA's counterterrorism center. Quote, In the past, when the ICRC has made a big deal about certain detainees, the DOD has moved them away from the attention of the ICRC. Close quote. The U.S. often complains that other nations prevent Red Cross access to prisoners and that they'll temporarily improve conditions when inspections are occurring. Sounds just like what we're doing, doesn't it? Why don't you ask a right-wing friend or acquaintance the next time a foreign government seizes a U.S. citizen and denies holding him or her, how are we going to complain? We do the same thing. Up next, 
Medical exams provide physical evidence of U.S. torture of detainees. So you wear the vestments of ill-gotten legacy Bankrolled by CEOs and died by Christian destiny You give us empty words and flags to rally around But the rest of it don't seem to trickle down So you have the War Council, the Communist Chinese techniques, the protesting military lawyers, and the hide-and-go-seek with the Red Cross. Are your neck muscles all loosened up from shaking your head in disbelief? Well, I hope your jaw is well lubricated because it may drop now multiple times. Last on our hit parade of right-wing torture-mongering as reported in the Boston Globe, quote, Human Rights Group says it has proof of detainee abuse by Brian Bender, Washington. A Cambridge-based human rights organization said it has found medical evidence supporting the claims of 11 former detainees who were allegedly tortured while in American custody between 2001 and 2004. Medical evaluations of the former inmates found injuries consistent with the alleged abuse, including the psychological effects of sensory deprivation and forced nudity, as well as signs of severe physical and sexual assault, Physicians for Human Rights said in a report scheduled for release today. Close quote. Four of the prisoners were held at Gitmo after capture in Iraq. Seven were held in Iraq. Now, as I detail some of this evidence, you have to remember this. None were ever charged with a crime. All have been released. I repeat, none were ever charged with a crime. All have been released. Okay. One detainee, 41-year-old Kamal, was held for nine months at Abu Ghraib. He claimed to have been stabbed in the cheek with a screwdriver, among other abuse. The doctor said a healed puncture injury matches that description. How's he doing psychologically? Quote, Kamal's clinical presentation reported history of abuse and the result of psychological testing support the presence of severe psychiatric diagnoses. Close quote. The diagnoses include, quote, depression, a panic disorder, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Close quote. How about Amir, late 20s, held at Abu Ghraib for 16 months? He claimed that he'd been sodomized by his captors. The medical evidence, quote, showed signs of rectal tearing that are highly consistent with his report of having been sodomized with a broomstick, close quote. Amir also said he was, quote, forced by his interrogators to howl like a dog while a soldier urinated on him. He fainted, the report said, after a soldier stepped on his genitals, close quote. One more. Yasser, mid-40s, Abu Ghraib. 
He claimed American personnel had subjected him to electric shock torture. His thumbs had scars and his tongue irregularities that supported this contention. These 11 prisoners of the United States, and remember, none were ever charged with a crime, all were released. These prisoners claimed that they were subjected to other forms of physical abuse, such as sleep deprivation, extremes of heat and cold, being chained in stress positions for over 18 hours. Psychological abuse included forced nudity in front of female soldiers and interrogators, as well as being told that their female relatives would be raped and that they'd be executed. The Physicians for Human Rights report said that all 11 of these innocent former detainees are suffering from physical or mental trauma as a result of their abuse while in American custody. But hey, let's believe George when he says, I've said to the people, we don't torture, and we don't. Stocking shirts in a Walmart store Just like the ones we made before Except this one came from Singapore I guess we can't make it here anymore Should I hate a people for the shade of their skin Or the shape of their eyes or the shape I'm in Should I hate them for having our jobs today No, I hate the men sent the jobs away I can see them all now, they haunt my dreams All lily white and squeaky clean They never known want, they never know need The don't stink and the kids won't bleed The kids won't bleed in the damn little war And we can't make it here anymore All of what you've just heard about how the torture program was conceived, justified, executed and covered up, as well as the suffering it inflicted on people, gives the lie to the biggest whopper of all. Uh, we certainly wish Abu Ghraib hadn't happened, but that, that, that should not reflect you know, America. This was the actions of, of some soldiers. This bad apple's argument has been totally discredited. These torture techniques weren't just used at Abu Ghraib, but were also used at Gitmo and at other facilities in Iraq and Afghanistan. Some, like the electric shock, sodomizing, and screwdriver through the cheek, are at this point at least not among the ones we know were officially authorized. But who knows what tomorrow's revelations will bring. After all, we have this gem from the minutes of the Gitmo meeting you heard about earlier. It's from that senior CIA lawyer, Jonathan Fredman. He said torture, quote, is basically subject to perception, close quote. His only standard seems to have been, quote, if the detainee dies, you're doing it wrong, close quote. Yes, he really said that. If the detainee dies, you're doing it wrong. That would seem to leave plenty of room for even more gruesome forms of torture than have so far been revealed as officially sanctioned Bush administration policy. Even without revelations of such additional horrors, there's at least one retired military officer who's speaking the truth based just on what we definitely know now to be true. Major General Antonio Toguba was in charge of the official investigation into the Abu Ghraib abuse scandal. He wrote a preface to the Physicians for Human Rights report. Listen carefully. Quote, 
This report tells the largely untold human story of what happened to detainees in our custody when the commander-in-chief and those under him authorized a systemic regime of torture. After years of disclosures by government investigations, media accounts, and reports from human rights organizations, there is no longer any doubt as to whether the current administration has committed war crimes. The only question is whether those who ordered the use of torture will be held to account. Close quote. To repeat, there is no longer any doubt as to whether the current administration has committed war crimes. The only question is whether those who ordered the use of torture will be held to account. Wow, pretty tough words from a former major general. So, what'll happen? Will anyone be held to account? Progressive forces are trying to push for investigations and prosecutions. On the advocacy front, for example, you have the ACLU, quote, It's increasingly clear that the decision to abandon the rule of law and order torture and abuse was made at the very top. We look forward to the full investigative report from the Armed Services Committee and call on Congress to hold accountable any and all public officials involved in ordering illegal torture, close quote. On the actually doing something front, quote, a group of 56 congressional Democrats asked the Justice Department to appoint a special counsel to investigate whether any Bush administration officials may have broken laws in approving the use of harsh interrogation techniques for suspected terrorists. Close quote. Only 56. I wouldn't expect anything serious to happen anyway, since this is the Bush Justice Department. They're not going to seriously investigate themselves. On the other hand, under a President Obama, more Democrats could find the courage to support such an investigation, and a Justice Department headed by someone other than a Bush flunky could very well undertake such an endeavor. Could, not definitely will, but could. Certainly this would never happen under a President McCain. Under a President Obama, it could. How to get from could to will? It'll probably require a heck of a lot of pressure from us progressives to force it to happen. But then, so what? Pressuring the government to do the right thing is what we progressives are all about, isn't it? Pressuring even a centrist Democrat, if that's what Obama turns out to be, is going to be a heck of a lot more likely to succeed than trying to pressure another Republican administration. Trying to do that would be a hopeless task. Pressuring a Democratic administration and a much stronger Democratic majority Congress is doable. Doable is a lot better than hopeless, don't you think? On this and a whole host of issues. Last, the right, the right. Your one-minute voting report. You've been stepping up the pace of those iTunes five-star reviews, so thanks. And just in time. iTunes seems to have changed its ranking formula and were threatened with being tossed off the featured page. So if you haven't yet posted a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store, please do so. You only need to do it once. It stays up there permanently, helping guide iTunes users to the progressive point of view. 
And you get the additional satisfaction of countering the right-wing one-star sabotage reviews. Over at Podcast Alley, Blast the Right is currently at number 8, but we're facing challenges from below. Since voting starts anew there every month, if you haven't yet voted this month, go over to Podcast Alley and vote for Blast the Right. Thanks. Here's a quick blast for you. Continued right-wing lies about Democratic tax plans. The source here is MediaMatters.org. Listen to right-wing pundit Dick Morris. President Obama, what would he do? He would double the capital gains tax. That means that you get far less when you sell your home or your 401k or your stock plan. He would double the dividends tax. That means that old ladies who clip coupons from corporate stocks get less money. He would double the, he would increase the limit on social security taxes, which means instead of paying 12.5% of the first 100,000, you pay it on everything that you're making. Wow. If you've been listening to Blast the Right, you can probably pick out the lies. Let's go through Morris's misleading spiel, lie by lie. He would double the capital gains tax. Morris omits that such would apply only to those making over $250,000 a year, the wealthiest 3% of the population. That means that you get far less when you sell your home. Again, only if you make more than $250,000 a year. Moreover, Morris omits the fact that in most cases you can exempt up to $250,000 in gains from capital gains taxes for a home you occupy. For married homeowners, that's $500,000. So, you'd have to have an income level of $500,000 or $750,000, including the profit on the sale of your home, before any increased capital gains tax would kick in. Hardly applicable to most people. Or your 401k or your stock plan. Again, not unless you make over $250,000 a year. And Morris maybe doesn't even know that most distributions from 401k and IRA accounts are taxed as ordinary income, not capital gains. Morris. He would double the dividends tax. That means that old ladies who clip coupons from corporate stocks get less money. Again, that $250,000 exemption from the increase. Only quite wealthy old ladies clipping coupons would pay a higher tax, Dick. Finally. He would double the, he would increase the limit on social security taxes, which means instead of paying 12.5% of the first 100,000, you pay it on everything that you're making. Wrong. Obama's plan includes a donut hole where income above the current cap but under, yes, you guessed it, $250,000 is exempt. Obama has explicitly stated, quote, Anybody under $250,000 would not be affected whatsoever. 97% of Americans will see absolutely no change in their taxes under my plan. Close quote. Obama couldn't be any clearer, but that's only relevant if someone is interested in telling the truth. It seems Morris isn't. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend. Tell ten friends about Blast the Right. Vote for Blast the Right at Podcast Alley. And, of course, post a five-star review for Blast the Right in the iTunes Music Store.
a special shout out if you're listening on Live 365 or RedDragon365.com. Why don't you come over to the podcast homepage, subscribe for free, and then you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. Thanks to Richard from Illinois for help with this week's podcast. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. All I'm saying is give peace a chance to wake up. It's time to take to the streets. Mainstream media, where are you? George W. Bush was born on third base but thinks he hit a triple. (laughs) Wakeupam.blogspot.com. All the oil men in the White House. Rumsfeld's cronies, buddies, neocon pals. What is wrong with this picture? Just bypasses whatever's in the Constitution. Just when we think it can't get any worse. Fascist government. Dictatorship. He's like the ultimate spoiled brat. Wake up and smell the oil fields. <laughs> Remember who said this? This is health care. This is get sick and die care. <laughs> Mainstream media doesn't cover it, so that's why we're here. Yeah, look for me at Gitmo. That's where I'll be. <laughs> After September Playing the 9 11 card every the time American subject to eavesdropping. These Illegally. Are in the president's authority under the It's ridiculous. Wakeupam.blogspot.com. I dare anyone to call me a conspiracy theorist. Music credits. The break music was Catapult the Propaganda by Nye's Music, Kill the Poor by Matthew Grimm and the Red Smear, and We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry. We'll close on a lighter note with My Girlfriend is No Ann Coulter by Lucky Man Clark. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on the data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. I'm now posting transcripts of each show as well. You can also find them on the main podcast homepage. Your email continues to be excellent. Keep it coming. Write to me. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. If you want to, you can also call and leave a comment to play on Blast the Right. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also leave a message on Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. My girlfriend doesn't call people names. She doesn't think that liberals are insane. My girlfriend is not emboldened by her looks. My girlfriend does not write hateful books. But she can cook. So I guess my girlfriend is no end colder. Show